Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I am your official Taylor Swift correspondent, Aaron Chandler. <laughs> yes, welcome back to Aaron. Thank you for guest hosting this week. You're very welcome. KW is not here, which means we can talk about <laughs> Taylor Swift again. You can talk about Taylor Swift forever. <laughs> <laughs> not that she doesn't like Taylor Swift, just... I think we talk about her a little too much. <laughs> and I also wanted to thank Tom for guest hosting last week. So thank you, Tom. And today we're going to talk about Red, Taylor's version. And if my voice is a little weird today, it's because I have a cold and I'm trying not to cough. <coughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to go great. <laughs> all right. So tell us all about Red, Taylor's version. Please. Well, last time we sort of covered why Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her first six albums. This is her second re-recording of her fourth studio album, Red, which originally came out in 2012. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And this one dropped in November, right? Yes. One of the things that I, I love about the re-records is the vault tracks. Mm-hmm. So can we just start there? Yeah, because I feel like with this album, the the vault tracks, the it's a two if you get it on CD, like <laughs> like us olds still do. <laughs> it's a two disc set and the second disc are the tracks from the vault, meaning they're tracks that were not part of the original album, but were originally written around that time. And um, I think Taylor said that these are all the tracks that were supposed to be on Red. So there, there are quite a lot of them. And I feel like with this album, the vault tracks are a real standout. I agree with that, actually. I gave it an, a fresh listen last night. And as much as I love the original Red songs, I think all of the vault tracks are really, really good on this one. I think that these vault tracks are, like, they kind of almost, they, with with the... Um, Vault Tracks on Fearless, Taylor's version, we, they were good songs, but I think we kind of agreed that we could see why they didn't make it onto the original album. And this time, I feel like I can see why they didn't make it, why most of them didn't make it onto the original album, but the reasons are completely different. I think that any of these would be good enough. Not that the last ones weren't good, but that like this, the, like disc two of this, it could be a whole other album that just gets released i think yeah i agree i was thinking about a couple of reasons why these tracks weren't weren't included and a couple of them like message in a bottle which i love it's very mm -hmm. it's bop it is a bop as our friend rachel says so message in a bottle and the very first night the very first night is um it's still kind of sad because it's about mm -hmm. a lost love but it's very upbeat and i was like these are kind of just too upbeat and boppy for red as a whole yeah and i compared message in a bottle to i called it red's version of jump then fall kind of because remember how much we love jump then fall yeah yeah i think that when red first came out it was sort of at the very beginning well not the very beginning but it was the most mixed of her albums between country and pop between what was 
very clearly country songs and very clearly pop songs. And it kind of goes back and forth a lot on the album. And I feel like maybe these two songs, at least the way that they're mixed here, were too poppy to be on the original version of Red. That makes sense. I was going to say, then there are other ones that I think we talked about this before, that they just kind of seem more more mature than a lot of what's on Red. And that is, like, does include the fact that there are swears on a couple of them. (laughs) And that they mention, like, drinking and things like that. And things that might not have gone with Taylor Swift's image at the time. Yeah. As a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. But also, like, they're kind of more complicated, like, deal with more complicated feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, and are kind of more nuanced in certain ways, more reflective, which I think is a lot of what was was on the vault tracks of Fearless as well, is that they were kind of more reflective songs. Yeah. And a couple of them she wrote, but they actually went to different artists. Yes. Babe, which went to Sugarland, and I was familiar with it as a Sugarland song. There is a music video where Taylor Swift is in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the other one is Better Man, which was originally recorded by Little Big Town, right? Mm-hmm. Which I had not heard that song before. I didn't realize it had been previously released under a different artist. I had heard both of them before, but I think I only listened to each of them one time. So these were basically songs that were new to me on Red. Those two and the original extended version songs which i had heard before and then ronin which i hadn't listened to before and which i have listened to twice and will probably not listen to again because it's the saddest song in the world oh my god yeah it makes me cry it has made me cry each of the times i've listened to it that was the first time i listened to it was when the day this came out and i was like i'm never listening to the song again (laughs) do you want to tell people what it's about ronin is about a little boy who died of cancer and it's based on his mother Maya Thompson's blog entries from that time period so she has a co-writing credit on it and it's very well written it's a very beautiful song and it's devastating and I can't listen to it anymore (laughs) yeah pretty much it's a great song but it's so sad Ed Sheeran makes an appearance as well Mm -hmm. oh yeah our good friend Ed Sheeran well Taylor's good friend Ed Sheeran on Run that's true. Which is a lovely song. Mm-hmm. I like that song a lot. I think it's very, it fits them very well. Mm-hmm. It's very guitar driven, but also like sort of dreamy. Yeah. And about this new love that's kind of a safe space, which I, I think is something that they write about a lot. Yeah. And um, Phoebe Bridgers is on a track. Yes, on Nothing New, which is one of the, when I was talking about Um, Some of these songs being more reflective and contemplative, that is really exemplified by Nothing New, which is a song that's about, it kind of takes some of the themes on The Lucky One, which is one of the tracks on the original version of Red, and kind of looks at them from a different angle. And it's kind of Taylor looking at her relationship with fame. And whereas The Lucky One is kind of an upbeat song and is kind of like, hey, maybe I'll leave all this behind someday. Nothing new kind of acknowledges that I'm 
probably not ever going to leave until you all kick me out. I'll always want you to want me. And I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Yeah. I sort of think of it as thematically very similar to Mad Woman. Yeah. For some reason. I see it as really similar to Mirrorball and The Archer. Those are good ones too. And I feel like, like The Archer, it's one of her more vulnerable songs. Yeah, that makes sense. And I like that she brought Phoebe Bridgers in on it mm-hmm. for this re-record because Phoebe's newer yeah. to the industry. And it's sort of like you have both these female artists, one who's a little bit older, has been in the industry a little bit longer, talking about, you know, her fame depends on how much people like her and that and that is very fickle. And then you have a newer artist coming to the same realization and mm-hmm. I just think that having two very similar people at different stages of their careers is very, very interesting, talking about fame. Yeah, and about that particular stage of their careers where they're first wondering kind of what happens next, what happens when I'm not, when I'm nothing new anymore, and the novelty wears off. When someone else comes along. Yeah, and that, like, this one, there are a couple of parts of these songs where I kind of wonder... Like we talked last time with Fearless about how one of the interesting things about it is looking at the insights we can get into Taylor Swift's craft, her songwriting craft, by looking at these songs that didn't get released the first time. And I feel like that's kind of the case here, but there's also like thinking about why these vault tracks didn't get included on the original version of the album, but also there's a more mystery Because with a lot of the Fearless Vault tracks, we had earlier versions of the songs and we knew like where lyrics got revised and when. And now with these songs, like that's what something that I really wonder about with a lot of with a lot of them, because there are a couple of parts on this one and in the extended version of All Too Well, which I'm sure we'll talk about at length, that. But I kind of wonder, like, Taylor Swift, are you just being clairvoyant? Or <laughs> is this something that you added later? Yeah, there's a part where she talks about, like, meeting the next new the next new thing, the next new person to come around. Um, and she's going to be 17. <laughs> it's going to be, she says, like a fever dream. I mean, she might be clairvoyant. I don't know. She, I wouldn't be surprised. No. And that's also something that's, you know, really easy to foresee happening Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think we've talked a lot about taylor's business savvy and i think it's part of that Mm -hmm. yeah she's just able she really has her thumb on the pulse of the industry and knows the waves of it yeah and you would have to be i mean she's seen you know this pattern repeat over and over and she's been the ingenue and the 17 year old girl who comes in and takes over so yeah 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 this is one of the songs i feel like for me on my first listen at least this song really like was a big gut punch song and I have like vividly remember I was getting ready for work and putting my makeup on in front of the bathroom mirror and listening to this song and I remember looking at my face as I was listening to this song <laughs> <laughs> just like the devastated faces I was making because like oh did you have a face journey I had a face journey nice yeah I think I think this was one of the songs that we texted about because mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's so interesting because she could not have put that song out on no. the original album. I don't think it no. would have been well received at all. No. 
but I think it, it makes sense as a, you know, 31 year old. And now we're like, oh yeah, we totally yeah. understand like where you're coming from and all of that. Yeah. Like it, it didn't fit. It didn't fit how we perceived her when she was 22. And I think it, yeah, makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, for sure. And like, that's something that I think when we talked about Fearless um, something we talked about was that it's a real, these, all of these re-recordings are a real exercise at looking back, like for, for Taylor Swift, in looking back at your past self and you have to do it, you have to look at that person and love her. Otherwise, this doesn't work. Yeah. And I feel like with this, what that means what loving that past self, like the the red era version of Taylor means, is respecting her and respecting what she went through. Because this is a breakup album, it's a heartbreak album, looking at all different kinds of heartbreak. And, you know, in looking back at that version of herself, like she has to look at look at that 22-year-old, 21-year-old, 20-year-old girl and acknowledge that her reality is legitimate. And I feel like, you know, what's gotten talked about a lot or what's gotten dredged back up with this album a lot is talking about the relationships that, that inspired it and the men who inspired it. And I think that that's looking at it from the wrong perspective because it's about a, a woman claiming ownership of her story. And I think that a lot of new perspective comes has came to it for Taylor Swift in looking back at being 22 as a 32-year-old um, or you know, 21 as a 31-year-old. And like there's a lot of new perspective for us as listeners looking at it now. And I think a lot of that comes out in, in the Vault songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I do want to talk about it being a breakup album. Yeah. Because there are some songs that aren't really about that, but on the whole, it's very much about, mm -hmm. like, I'm brokenhearted and I'm writing yeah. my heart out. I want to start with Better Man because... Sure. One of the notes I had, I wrote down for that was, this song is one intense burn in all caps. <laughs> it really is. This is kind of, you know, in her first few albums, especially... She still does it sometimes, but has kind of reined it in a little bit, especially in her most recent albums. But Taylor Swift used to go so much harder than she needed to in the sick burn department, and it was one of the best things about her music. And that there's definitely a lot of that in this album. Yeah. Well, it's very, it's really validating, right? Yeah. Like, okay, maybe it's not all your ex-partner's fault, but- there is an empowerment and sort of a freedom in just letting yourself vent about it. Yeah. And in being able to say, you know what? This was your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Better Man because, like, it's so... <laughs> it's, like, it. Uh, I don't even know the word to describe it because literally the whole backbone of the song is our relationship could have worked out if you had been a better person. Yeah. <laughs> like If you had not sucked so much. Yeah. I wouldn't be so sad right now. <laughs> it, it lays all the blame at the other person's feet. And I'm just like, I love it. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a it's a really sick burn the whole song mm-hmm. and i think that's my favorite of the kind of new to me tracks yeah and you know babe does that a little bit as well with lines mm-hmm. like we're a wreck you're the wrecking ball yep that's such a good line <laughs> it's such a good line and, and you really, you really blew, blew this, blew this babe. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes there's also like a little bit of uh I don't know, maybe vulnerability or there's a sense of being overlooked as well, because especially in Better Man, she's like, you never thought I'd run. Mm -hmm. You thought I'd always be around. Yeah. And there's a sense of like, it gets to be too much and the narrator just chooses herself first Mm -hmm. and leaves and cuts and runs. And I like that. Which is kind of a recurring theme, motif. Um, One of those. I'm, I'm an English teacher. (laughs) in the album is we get this kind of recurring image of this young woman who's been encouraged to think of herself and who clearly sees that her partner sees her as less than and this comes up a lot in that you laughed at my dreams rolled your eyes at my jokes it comes up a lot that he didn't understand her sense of humor and that he, like, made her feel like her tastes weren't up to par. Like in um, Begin Again, this comes up a lot. It's the whole kind of basis of the song Begin Again from the original album. Right. Yeah. I really like Begin Again. I do too. I think it's very sweet. And it's at its core, it's about, you know, going into a new relationship and sort of almost being surprised that someone treats you with decency because yeah. your last partner was not treating you that way yeah so it's 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 sad and it's sweet at the same time yeah and when i say that these images and themes and motifs come up a lot i think that that really serves kind of the overall theme of the album which i feel like is memory aside from it uh, and really interwoven with it being heartbreak album is this is a song about how memory works and claiming like your individual memory of an experience as valid and as authoritative like i know this happened because i remember it happening i was there you remember it too well yeah and what we get kind of the sense of from like over and over again we get this he didn't think i was funny he didn't come to my 21st birthday party we get the image of like dancing in the kitchen several times and i feel like yeah, a lot of these things are repeated in the vault tracks that were mentioned once in the original album. So I feel like the vault tracks kind of really drive home this sense that she talks about in kind of throughout the album, I feel like, but most specifically in All Too Well, where it feels like when you're that heartbroken, it feels like you're stuck in time and can't yeah. move on. So all of these memories are causing you know, flashback to that time. And you can't kind of move out of the past. And it kind of gives us as listeners kind of an experiential, like helps us kind of experience that too, because we're, okay, so again, we're going back to the birthday party. And again, we're going back to the kitchen. So we kind of keep going back at the same time that she keeps going back, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, even... If the experience of a bad breakup or a bad relationship isn't 
universal, that feeling of like being stuck mm-hmm. in some sort of memory is some sort of bad memory. Yeah. And that sort of brings me to one of my favorite lines, which I've talked to you about. It's in All Too Well. And she says, I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying here because I remember it all too well. Mm-hmm. And I love that metaphor of like, she uses it in another song, at least one other song from the Fearless Vault. But it's this image of like, okay, if someone treats you badly and crumples you up, you could still flatten yourself out, but you always bear the marks right. of what had happened to you. And I just, I kind of love that image of accepting the stuff that's happened, but moving on and yeah, becoming your own person. Yeah. Which I think brings us to the 10 minute version of All Too Well. Can we talk really quick? Because I feel like this is going to be like what we talk about the rest of the time. Okay, but I want yeah. to give I want to give a shout out before we do that to some of my other favorites on the vault tracks. Okay. I Bet You Think About Me, which is a country drinking song and which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like my my memory of my first listen to that is driving to work and just cracking up in my car because it is devastatingly specific. Yes. <laughs> And full of sick burns. <laughs> it Yes, it's full of burns. It also has a really fantastic line. When you realize I'm harder to forget than I was to than leave. Than I was to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of the, the conceit of that song is saying, well, you lost me. <laughs> and But you're never going to forget me. Because I, I'm going to be the one who got away for forever. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, it's kind of an interesting parallel too. I forgot that you existed. Mm, good point. Because this person, yeah, this person broke up with her and now he won't be able to forget about her. But in I forgot that you existed, she's moved on from this bad relationship to the point yeah. where she's completely forgot about their existence. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Yeah, which is the, the opposite of Red. Yeah. And which is interesting because that's the opening track of Lover. Right, which also mm-hmm. has the song, which can, like, the opening track is I Forgot That You Existed. So the I'm Able to Move On track, and the concluding track is Daylight, which is I used to think love would be burning red, but it's golden, like daylight. Love it. Love I it. I love this, guys. She's so good. <laughs> She's so good. Yes. And I also want to, a song that really grew on me was Forever Winter, which is about Ooh. dealing with, with mental illness and with friends and loved ones who who struggle with mental illness and that's something that it's it was a song that I relate to a lot mm-hmm. and that like has kind of an upbeat like a, a an upbeat musical tone yeah so it does that kind of like contradictory lyrics and music which I enjoy yeah it almost has a big band vibe to it yeah because it has the trumpets right yeah which I think is interesting yeah any others you want to mention? I think those are all my favorites. So I think we can move on to... Okay, cool. All too well, 10-minute version, Taylor's version from The Vault Explicit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a very long title, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of parentheses. So the regular, like, four-minute version of All Too Well is on the album. Mm-hmm. It was on the original album. Yeah. And... Actually, it's five minutes. The original version is five minutes and 29 seconds. Mm-hmm. But I think she had hinted throughout the years that she had yeah. written more to it. And like she had a hard time cutting it down to yeah. sort of marketable length. 
I've heard is it was originally as much as like 20 minutes long. I want that version. <laughs> I, I read an article that said that it kind of originated. I think it was an interview with her where she said that it originated from. I think this, it was when she was on whatever late show she was on promoting this. That it started out in kind of a sound check on the Speak Now tour with her band. And she just kind of started riffing. And they recorded it, and that was kind of the backbone, became the backbone of the song. And then when she brought it to her songwriting partner, Liz Rose, by that point it was about 10 minutes long, and then they cut it in half so that it could be a song that could be played, <laughs> that would fit on an album and yeah. be played on the radio and stuff. Which I, I think is really exciting, because as we move into more digital downloads and stuff like that... Mm-hmm. And also just Taylor having more control over her career. Yeah. I love that she's able to put out a 10-minute song and no yeah, one and, and And more more clout that lets, like, that makes people interested in hearing a 10-minute song from her. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think is, like, the biggest difference between the original and the 10-minute version? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. I mean, she she has a swear at least one. She does. She has a she does a swear in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that so there there are two things that I think that I would pinpoint. One is that so the song all too well in either version really centers on imagery in calling up images of the past relationship and images of a breakup. Dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. You almost ran the red because you were looking over at me. And it's, it's really, really strong that way. And that's what makes it, that's what made it, I feel like, such a fan favorite on the original album, because everyone felt like they could relate to this song. Everyone could picture it so well and could call up kind of similar experiences or experiences that made them feel that same way. And I feel like the extended version has more stuff that's specific to just Taylor Swift's experience, like when she's talking about crying in the bathroom at her birthday party and an actress asking her what happened, or when she when she says, you who charmed my dad with self-effacing jokes, sipping coffee like you were on a late night show. Like we all understand like what that image is, but it's kind of, I think, a kind of showbiz like specific connection. So it's got more more Taylor specific stuff. I think it's got more abstract kind of imagery. Mm-hmm. Like did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? And I'm a soldier who's returning half her weight. Yeah. And and so in that way it's kind of less universal and more Taylor specific even though and I think a testament to it is that even though it gets more Taylor specific and so Taylor specific that it's still so devastating to listen to. Mm-hmm. even if you don't know the backstory of it. Yeah, I think that's very important. You don't have to know the backstory to know that it's yeah. really devastating. I don't watch YouTube reaction videos as much as you do, but there are some great compilations mm-hmm. out there of people reacting to the song because there are just some devastating lines. Yeah. One of them is, you kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Yes. And another is, I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes, I'll get older, but your lovers stay my age. Again, the sickest burn. Again, the clairvoyance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel like, 
I think that the um, other big difference that I feel between the shorter version and the longer version is that the shorter version is really symmetrically structured Mm -hmm. because it's so compact. But when I listen to it now, it feels incomplete if at the end we don't go into, and I was never good at telling jokes, but the punchline goes. Gotcha. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the shorter version doesn't have the outro. Right. Of the repetitive. Right. Wind in my hair, I was there, I was there. Yeah. Sacred prayer, I was there, I was there. Yeah, the, the original version ends with, throughout the song, she's saying, like, all of these images happened, I was there, I remember it all too well. And then at the end of the original song, she flips it around on the ex-partner saying, it was rare, you were there, you remember it all too well. You were there, you remember it all. So I think what came, what came up a lot in the kind of media reactions to this album was people were like, oh, this is a song about gaslighting. And they said this like it was something new. <laughs> but I've, I've always read it that way because of the way that it really emphasizes this happened because I remember it. And you know what? You remember it. If you're being honest, if we're being honest with ourselves, you remember it too. Yeah. But what the extended version does is that it adds this element where it doesn't end on this big triumphant note of certainty. It's a much more nuanced and uncertain song overall because it ends, it goes into just between us, did the love affair maim you too? Because in the city's barren cold, I still remember the first fall of snow and how it listened as it fell. Which, by the way, after she performed this on SNL the next morning, was the first fall of snow <laughs> here here in Indiana. Nice. And I was like, did Taylor summon this? Yes. Anyway. She's a witch. <laughs> but saying, you know, did this, is this your experience too? Like, just between us, just tell me. Like, is this what happened? So it doesn't end with, and I know that you still have my scarf. And I know that you remember all of this just the same as I do. It ends with, but do you? And then it goes into this extended outro that's just kind of repeating like a mantra. I was there. I was there. I was there. Yeah. You know, and it throws in an occasional you were there also. And I think the last line of the song is you were there. You remember it. But it's like she's trying to convince herself that this is true more than in the previous version. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I kind of read the the extended outro part as just like, I mean, she even says sacred prayer. I was there, I was there. It feels like the repetition mm-hmm. and the softness and the fading out. It does feel sort of like almost a prayer. Yeah, it does. And it feels like, I feel like it, it repeats for a, a while. Because she needed, she needed to get it to 10 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it does kind of, you get this kind of sense of peace that builds. Yes. Through yeah. it, like, you know, even if you don't remember it, that's enough that I remember it. Yeah, I think so. By the end. And then it kind of fades. Uh-huh. And it fades out into the past. It feels like closure. Yes. Even though, you know, sometimes you don't get the other person acknowledging anything 
Mm-hmm. It's enough that you acknowledge it and you are at peace with it. Yeah. So I like that. Which is why it's such a perfect way to end the album. Mm-hmm. Because it's, yeah, it's a, a sense of closure, closing the book on that chapter. And we can move on. Exactly. Well, we're not going to move very far, but I just want to mention that there's a short film. Yes. Of this video, of this song, directed by Taylor Swift, starring mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien and Sadie Sink. Yes. And it's on YouTube, and I would highly recommend it. It's, I mean, it's only 10 minutes and 13 seconds. But it's a pretty I good think story. It's, it's, it's a little bit longer because they have the um, dialogue scene in there. That's true. Yeah. It's under 15 minutes somewhere. Yeah. Probably, it's probably <laughs> 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's definitely worth watching. I would recommend it. So I've got a couple questions for you. Okay. You already answered which was your favorite vault track, although you had a couple. Which yeah, is fair. <laughs> it was it was too hard to pick one. It I is. Mean, you know, yeah. if we if we take out ten minutes all too well, it's too hard to pick one. Yeah. What's your favorite re-recorded track? You know, I think that I think what stands out the most to me in the re-recorded songs is just the audio quality. Mm. The mix in these songs is, I feel like, really. I don't I don't know if strong is the right word, but it feels like. You're inside the song <laughs> a lot of the time, somehow. I don't know how they do that. But my favorite songs originally on the album, I think, are State of Grace and Holy Ground. And I think that at the re-records, State of Grace is my favorite one because it feels like you're inside State of Grace. Nice. Somehow. Yeah. No, I love that. I was going to cheat a little bit and say State of Grace, the acoustic version. mm because it has been previously released, but I don't think it was on like the original album unless you got the deluxe version. Yeah, it was on the deluxe version. But yeah, I love both of those. I love the original faster one and then the softer acoustic version. Yeah. So, and last question, which album re-record do you want to be next? Oh my gosh. <sighs> okay. So I feel pretty confident that it's going to be either Speak Now or 1989, and I would be happy with either one because I love both of those albums. Okay. I've kind of started to pull more for Speak Now just because I am really interested to hear like the the improved mixes of the songs and the what what she can do with her vocals on it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm really eager to hear her do the line 32 and still growing up now as a 32 year old person nice yeah 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 (laughs) cool well thank you very much for coming on and talking more about taylor swift with us thank you very much for having me again to talk about taylor swift (laughs) you're welcome as our resident official taylor swift correspondent you can come on anytime she releases a new album (laughs) thank you (laughs) (laughs) or even when she doesn't So next week, KW and I will both be back for a regular episode. The show's theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also email us at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And you can find the show's website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. Where you can also find the link to our merch store. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.